Welcome back to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast. Today's episode is with Dr. Erin Connolly, and we are going to talk all about cancer. Now, she is a doctor that deals with cancer on a daily basis. She is absolutely in the trenches and has people coming to her daily to treat cancer. And she does use a few regular therapies, but she also uses a lot of outside the box therapies like red light therapy, and she addresses the person as a whole. So one of the really cool things I enjoyed about this conversation was Dr. Connolly really talks about, again, someone's lifestyle and looking at their day from sunup to sundown, how they eat, What kind of products do they use? What's their health history? How did they grow up? So many different factors when she looks at someone who has cancer and how to treat it. We talk about the rising rates of cancer and how people are getting cancer younger and younger these days and what kind of tests that you can do to know if you're at risk for cancer. So, so much information packed in this episode. I really, really do hope that you love it. And please do share it out to someone that you know and love that wants to improve their health or someone that needs to hear this information that might be at risk, someone you love. And if you really enjoy the episode, please head on over to Apple or Spotify. Leave me up to a five-star review. It helps to get this information out to more people which is absolutely the goal of my podcast. I just want to reach as many people as possible to help them understand how to take control of their health. Now, there are a ton of timestamps linked down in the show notes for you so you can navigate through the episode. And those timestamps are gonna be brought to you by my two sponsors. The first sponsor is Optimal Carnivore. You can use my code carnivore, uppercase Y, to save 10% on any of their products over on Amazon. I'm especially loving their Brain Nourish product right now. It is grass-fed beef brain and lion's mane, an excellent way to support your brain, those neurotransmitters. And one of the cool things Dr. Connolly and I talk about in this episode is the fact that no one is eating organ meats anymore and the importance of that. So Optimal Carnivore makes this process extremely easy for you to obtain those organ meats in your diet. Again, my code carnivore uppercase Y to save 10% on any of those products. The second sponsor of today's episode is Upgraded Formulas. Their hair tissue mineral analysis with a consultation is the best way to find out your mineral balance or imbalances so that you don't end up spending a lot of extra money on supplements that you do not need. My code there to save is Yogi12 or Yogi for anything on their website, but that hair tissue mineral analysis is a wonderful tool. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode and enjoy it. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to have you here today and especially excited to welcome Dr. Connolly. We are going to talk about lots of things having to do with cancer. And if you don't follow her on social media, I'm going to make sure to put her information in the show notes for you. But thank you so much for being here with me today. Well, it's great to be here with you, Sarah. Yeah. And, and I said, before I turn the camera, I'm just so excited to chat with you today because I feel that you really do a good job of talking about a lot of things that most doctors that deal with and treat cancer never even mention. Um, so you just have some tremendous work and information that you put out to to the public. I really appreciate that. Well, we, I want everyone to know what I know and what I've learned over the last many, many years that 
you know, has come about, you know, when I finished medical school, oh gosh, 30 some, you know, probably 37, 38 years ago. And, you know, what we learn in medical school is great and wonderful and absolute necessity. Um, and then when you're in training, you learn how to take care of very sick patients because you're working in a hospital. But then we need to practice more updated medicine and new things come out and new, you know, lots of things change. And uh, unfortunately, in our industry, you know, people say, oh, I have this great thought I'm thinking about. And then everybody goes, no, that you're crazy. That can't be. And I always use the example in lots of talks, and I use it with patients, is that Dr. Semmelweis, um, he used to deliver babies at the hospital. And there was such a high degree of infection. So he said, I have a great idea. Why don't everybody wash their hands before we deliver a baby? And everyone thought he was crazy. Literally, his wife was a physician. The hospital board said, you know, you that is the craziest idea I've ever heard of. And then that took 100 years to be implemented. But not only do we wash our hands in medicine, when you get ready to go into an operating room, you scrub your hands with mm -hmm. beta dye all the way up to your elbows for 15 to 20 minutes. Right. So, so it, the notion may be crazy, but we all need to say, hmm, well, let's just, why wouldn't we just try it and see? Like, you know, washing hands, you think, especially in the last couple of years, everything is about washing your hands, right? right. But, but something so simple, you know, as washing your hands was such, you know, an ostracized idea. And so we need to all like be cooperative and collaborative and say, well, you know, let's look at this instead of being against you know, our fellow man who may have a great idea. And, and there's just so much reaction to something that may be of, of great benefit to humanity. And so, and, 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 you know, look at the smoking industry. Smoking was advertised in medical journals, okay, as like all good and okay. And then 50 years later, right? So, uh, I mean, and I'm, you know, unfortunately a victim, you know, my, I'm number three of six children and, you know, my mother started bleeding. They go, oh, we have this medication that will stop the bleeding and prevent the loss of your baby. That was called diethylstilbestrol. And that was used in the fifties. And then when I'm 16 years old, my parents receive a letter that that drug caused cancer in both male and female offspring, hormone problems, infertility, anatomical problems, et cetera. Depending on when you were given it, it would affect the in utero baby. And so, you know, now do they use that drug? No, but it was mm -hmm. used for 42 years knowing it was carcinogenic. And wow. so, so it's like all of these things, you know, and so we need to kind of apply the precautionary principle to things that may have irreversible effects on humanity. And we need to create the best 
you know, environment um, and teach our patients how to create the best environment for yourself, especially we're in 2022 and we are, um, if we're doing so well, why is everybody ill? Right. And I don't, don't want to say everybody's ill. They're not. But about 60% of the population is suffering from chronic illness. If you look at children today, a couple of weeks ago, I got, a, I got an invitation to go to a conference on children. And it was like, you know, one in 40 has autism, one in mm-hmm. five has ADD. One, I mean, it was all these statistics. And I'm like, what? Like, like, how is this okay? Why is this normalized? Right. Like, right. Yeah, these are, this is okay. I mean, I know the conference has great intentions and they do want to help people, but we should all be in alarm and say, wait, we need to literally look at this and say, how do we prevent this? Not treat it. How do we prevent this situation? And being a mother myself, yeah. that was something I was very mindful and conscious of, you know, rearing my children and how not to use antibiotics and how to create this great atmosphere, how to get them outside and how to not use technology, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's what's so disturbing to me is like, we talk about the treatment of everything and, but we should be talking about human optimization from the time that the mother wants to have a baby. Yes. Right. And then we need to talk about human optimization when we see a patient is how do we create this perfect homeostasis and perfect optimal level of of, of a patient to be as best as they, the best version of themselves. And right. so that's where medicine needs to get, okay? Because I know the human being is this miracle that we all get to, you know, live with every day, but let's steward the miracle and let's learn how to steward the miracle that we get to live in every day. Agree, you know, and it's so crazy you bring that up about pregnancy and children. I have um, a 14 year old with autism, and um, I'm actually 23 weeks pregnant right now. He's kicking away as I'm talking. Oh, <laughs> and, congratulations. But it took me, and thank you, it took me many years to, first of all, kind of try to understand what happened to my daughter that got us in this situation. And then a lot of courage to say, I want to have another child. I have to educate myself on all the products we use, all the food that we eat, the electronics in the house. Do we turn off the Wi-Fi? you know, get rid of the cell phones, all these things. Am I grounding? Am I getting sunlight? Are my circadian rhythms intact for me to actually get pregnant and feel like I can do this? You know, I'm going to have another child, a healthy child. And so a lot of what I teach at a lot of my platform, no one's really known that I've been on this fertility journey for the last couple of years of really wanting to bring a healthy child into the world, but they've seen all my content shift away from only talking about nutrition to talking about a lot of the things that you speak about, you know, when it comes to our overall health. And like you said, human optimization, we have to take all of these things 
into account and, you know, understand, I've heard you say on other podcasts, the rate, isn't it like one and two now of people getting cancer? Is that, is that what I've heard you say? Or that, that is correct. And yeah. so it's like, so I, we have a cancer institution here called city of hope and um, they're moving in a couple, they have multiple locations, but they're building a big one in Irvine. And because they've studied that there's going to be by 2030, a 30% increase in, in cancer. So wow. if it's already one and two, so I, so I'm like, wow. So why wouldn't they go? Wow. We need to prevent. We need to learn everything about how to prevent. We need to have early detection. We need to really scope the world over, but that won't feed the billion dollar facility either. Right. So, right. So, and, and I'm all into growth and development of business. And I want all, you know, one, all of the, all the businesses to be, survive and thrive, but I want it also to, to serve humanity and mm -hmm. serve the world and the community that we live in, because if we're best, then our family's best, our friends are best, and the community is best at a whole, and it can serve the, the excellence of humanity, right? Yep. And yeah. so, um, because, you know, we, you know, I, last night I was doing a procedure, we, I have an endo laser, and I was doing a procedure on my hip. Um, it's a, it's a procedure where you use light to activate healing. So I was talking to my young uh, nurse who works here and he does many, many, many different modalities here. And he's like, oh, Dr. Daly, I come in here every day and I'm like, oh God, this would be my worst nightmare <laughs> to get cancer. And I said, yeah. well, I said, well, you're, and he's very health-minded. He didn't come in like that. But since he's been working here, he's, whoa, he's like, oh my gosh, the, the privilege that I get to work here is like, I am just so thankful that I get to know all this now. Mm. And, and he has two young children. So he's worried about his young children. And he was saying like, I, that would be my worst. I said, he goes, I see the patients that we get to serve every day. And it's like, we, we got to do everything to prevent this. And and not have, see people in, in their worst stages. And so here's a 32-year-old thinking like wow. that. So when you get to see it up front, you can you know, it's it's up close and personal, right? And yeah. so um, so that's why as physicians, medicine is a reactive process as opposed to, okay, the patient comes in, let me look at how they live. Let me look at their lifestyle. Let me look at, you know, let me look at everything and don't think that a 29 year old is okay. Yeah. Confirm they're okay. Yeah. Verify they're okay. And, and that doesn't really take a lot, you know? And yeah. so, uh, so it, it, and I love it that we have all these young people, like I've done many podcasts with young people and they are just like, so dedicated and committed to this information. So I know change is on the way and we're going to transform the landscape of medicine, um, but we all have to work together and just keep sharing the message to 8 billion people. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd really would love to hear what you think, you know, 
as far as food goes, could be contributing to cancer. Um, do you think that, I know that that's probably just a small piece of things, but I'd love to start there and just hear your thoughts on how our food, food supply, how that could be contributing to cancer at younger, younger and higher and higher rates. Right. Well, I think, you know, food is information for our cells to take care of us, right? And so if you eat dead, devitalized food and chemicalized food, you know, that's gonna be a problem. You know, there's, you know, they found chemicals in adult blood, breast milk, placenta. So obviously it's in the air, the water and the food supply, all of those different exposures we have to take into account. So that means our food needs to be carefully thought out. And unfortunately, most people eat dead, devitalized, you know, inactive food, right? All right. So because like you eat cereal in the morning, so that right. doesn't provide anything. There's chemicals in there. And one of the worst chemicals now is glyphosate, which is the weed killer run by Monsanto, who's really bought out by Bayer that glyphosate is almost in everybody's, you know, all the studies show it's in probably 95 to 98% of humanity. And in the last 10 years, I think it's increased 50% in humanity. Wow. We know there is a link to different cancers and growing is what I read. Um, and so, but I tell people that's just one chemical. It right. means look what's in, in our bodies, there were hundreds of chemicals. So what it, no one, I don't care how brilliant you are or how Nobel prize or what kind of biochemistry degree or any kind of, you know, the synergistic potential of all these chemicals, what is it going to do to you? Right. right. So yeah. no one, no one has a crystal ball and saying, Oh yeah, we know what's going right. on every nanosecond in the body. So, so we need to know where we're getting our food, what is in it. We need to do a forensic analysis. I hate to say as best you can, and you can do that with all the information that's available now, all right? And, and eat foods that have, you know, active nutritional information to turn on and off our cells that take care of us every day. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, people, you know, long time ago, I grew up in Texas. And so we had a farm and so we had our own cows and, and, you know, eggs and chicken, we had chickens and everything. And it was our grandparents farm, you know, very little, you know, farm, but that's how, you know, it was. And so I remember my mom would, you know, order a cow because there was six kids. Yeah. Very so economical. Yeah. Right. And then we, you know, we drank raw milk and yeah. because we had milkmans in those days. Yeah. <laughs> Actually we did when I was growing up too. I, I'm for, I'll be 43 on Saturday. So uh -huh. <laughs> we had that for a little bit when I was growing up. Milk yeah. Man. So we, that was delivered. And so, yeah. you know, so, um, I know it's available now in like 43 states, which is great. Yes. So, so we need to look how people have lived for hundreds of thousands of years and they were hunter gatherers, right? So they hunted their food and gather the berries, the vegetables in season and everything. And so, um, so we, you, you know, 
that's what we need to do. But now yes. you have all these companies, they're food processed, and there are some very innovative companies though that make really good food today, you know, like really good, you know, uh, I don't want to say processed foods, but they they make unique products that are excellent for you. So I think we need to look at brands that are, you know, making foods that are ethical and they care about the end product, which is you ingesting it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so because, but most of the grocery store, let's face it, is probably mm -hmm. not that good for you. All right. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole topic in and of itself. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, you need to eat live foods. If you, you're an energy being, so if you want to have energy, you have to eat energy. All yes. right. And so a cookie is not going to have energy, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. uh, a, a croissant, as much as I really love croissants, they yeah. don't have energy. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Uh, <laughs> and so you need to eat foods that, you know, have valuable content. And so, yep. um, so it, it, what we eat and we need to be, we need to be conscious and mindful of what we're putting in our body. And that's, and people have lots of misconceptions. Yes, about, about food, you know, they think that eating liver, like people look at you, tell people to eat liver and you're like, what? Okay. <laughs> now, you know, I grew up on liver and my mother made pate with a grinder, at, you know, clamped to the table. So liver is like one of the most nutritious foods you can eat. And it's, it's real, you know, yes. it's real and it has phosphatidylcholine, which makes the membranes of your body good. It has, you know, you know, if you want to feel good, you eat three tablespoons of raw liver and, you know, while you're, yeah. you're going to be feeling great. Yeah. So people have been eating, you know, organ meats and all that for many, many years. Okay. And so we've gotten away and kind of mechanized, uh, the, the, you know, nutrition and made it uh, convenient, but yeah. con convenient, you can eat well conveniently okay yes i agree and so yeah so anyway so people just need to really take inventory of what they're doing every day we talk we're talking about food but we need to take inventory of our entire 24-hour existence you know from our sleep our water are we buying plastic water bottles yes. are we are we you know where are we getting our water you have to have a water purification system today. You have mm -hmm. to, because mm -hmm. the pharma, pharmacology in the water, all the chemicals in the water, I mean, it's heavy metals in the water. I mean, that was, a, was a, yeah, it's an article written in Popular Science years ago. I read that I was like, well, so it's, it's talked about a lot. So you've got to have, mm -hmm. and then if you're drinking out of plastic, you're just drinking thousands of chemicals, plus you're destroying the environment because that's not biodegradable and so right. so you know you have to eliminate plastic out of your life because it's you know a lot of people say it's like the number one pollutant we do environmental pollutant pale urine testing but I always tell people like I'm why would I waste money to do that because I already know you're going to have chemicals okay like because gasoline is a big byproduct styrene and styrofoam and plastics are usually one of the bigger ones and so, you know, we already know that that is a, you know, poss strong possibility. It's been proven in lots of different studies. So let's, you know, focus on maybe other things to test. 
And so, um, so then people also, they've got to move. We have 800 muscles. We don't move because everything is sit down. You have to incorporate every kind of movement you can, you know, walking stairs, washing dishes, clothes, and all the things that people really don't like, but they have to look at it from the positive side of the movement. And we need to move, you know, we need to get sunlight, you know, sunlight's been villainized and sunlight's yes. important. That keeps us, you know, that keeps us alive. And then we have to get our sleep and honor our circadian rhythm of 10 to six, give or, give or take, you know, 30 minutes. And so, um, and probably one of the biggest things we need to, that's been incorporated in the last probably, probably 50, 60 years is, is technology. Yeah. And so I was in really in the last 30 years or so. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. exponentially grown. Yeah. And so um, that is something that everybody is, you know, it's a necessity because it's a necessity for you and I to talk right now. Yeah. <laughs> but then how do we counterbalance, you know, the negative aspects of technology, right? So yeah. um, that's, you know, that is a, that's something that I'm a pet peeve about because it's something yes. I started doing 15 years ago because my daughter did her eighth grade science experiment on how electromagnetic fields affect a living substance and so so it, it's real I know people yes. really don't they don't want to believe it they get angry whenever you talk about it I get so many people get mad at me when I talk about it but I, I want to hear from a doctor who treats cancer about <laughs> why well, we really need to care. Right. Well, you know, there's many um, scientists all over the world, not just U.S. We need to use the world as our source of information. And we know that EMFs in there's been, you know, many, many, many different studies. So I tell people air on the side of caution in Berkeley they have 2016 they had the right to uh, the necessity to inform that your cell phone was carcinogenic okay mm-hmm. and so um there's a scientist Anthony Miller who's done lots of research in science and says that you know it's going you know it's it's a 2a or a 2b carcinogen but a lot of people say it's a class one which is in the range of smoking and asbestos so even if it's one or two it doesn't matter like right no we know it's a potential carcinogen so we need to all err on the side of caution and so we know that if you wear your cell phone in your pocket that you know in sperm count goes down infertility increases now i was just listening to a doctor lecture on increase in colorectal cancers you know, having in their pocket, because, uh, you know, young people, you know, wear, it's an appendage. Okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it so, is. And they're addicted, you know, but you should really, with your children, not have them use technology. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because the children's nervous systems are not fully developed till they're probably 18. So we mm-hmm. need to be precautionary. I know with my own children, we did not use lots of technology not, and not until they were driving did I allow them to use a phone. And it was not something like constantly or incessantly. Right, 
Right. And so, and then you can buy those cases. You can create a little Faraday cage now. Yep. The defender you, case. Yep. Yeah. Well, I like the real Faraday one. That like is, a bag. Yeah. A little bag. It's not that, it's a little sleeve. It's not that big a deal. It's not that big, but anybody who needs to carry their cell phone, that's how they should carry it or put it on airplane mode all the time. Yeah. Never use cell phone yeah. to your ear. Um, mm -hmm. I reflect upon this because now I'm, I didn't grow up with any cell phone or any technology, <laughs> any electrical <laughs> technology, <laughs> right. We had corded phones and that's the only yeah. thing we had. And so, uh, I don't even remember having a microwave. I personally don't even have a microwave in my house. Yeah. Now. We don't use one. Definitely don't use one. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, I, I think people need to not deny this information, like the stories I said in the beginning. Yeah. And we, we know that we're electrical beings that have electrons and protons. So mm -hmm. dirty electricity, which is your, any electricity that's man-made, whether it's TV, whether it's microwave, whether it's cell tower, all this, you know, cell phone, et cetera, et cetera affects the energetic potential of our systems. And we know that EMFs, you know, cause DNA damage. We know that it affects your melatonin production. We know yes. that it also affects the calcium channel uh, yes. system in our body. So we know these things. And so we need to counterbalance it. The best way to counterbalance this is immerse yourself in nature. Okay. Yes. You know, there's actually a treatment called forest bathing and you just go and immerse yourself in nature and you walk barefoot or you walk barefoot on the ocean in the sand if you're close to the ocean or you immerse yourself in the trees. Um, earth, you know, I, I heard a doctor friend of mine talk about putting a copper pole in the earth and actually, you know, yes. we're having that. So, so there's all kinds of things. Unfortunately, it's kind of, you know, uh, it, it's kind of a new thing that you have to, like all these new things that you have to do. Yeah. But I tell people there is, you know, not enough time. There's not enough research. There's not enough money to even to, to clean all this up. Okay. Right. right. Think about, I mean, when you just think about pollution alone, so get try to get all the countries in the world to agree on something. Well, that's never going to happen. Okay. So we can talk about all the pollution here in the United States and all of the things, but the bottom line is who, you, you know, the pollution that's going on in China and India and Africa. Okay. Well, they've got to agree the same kind of, you know, efforts that we are. So, you know, us going green is, is you know, I, I think we need to teach people self-care, how to manage that, I think. And one of the best people that I follow is a guy, he wrote the book, Invisible Rainbow. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever heard of that book. Mm -hmm. I love yes. him. I love him because he really gives, you know, actual information. I, I tell my patients to sign up. Uh, for his newsletter. It is a little daunting. I will warn people, but I love the passion that he has to inform people about EMFs. And in the Invisible yeah. Rainbow, he chronicles 
electricity, which has been around for about a hundred, little over a hundred yep. years yep. with disease. And yes. so, so we have to listen to it and we've got to do yep. whatever we can do to take care of ourselves. It's just one other dimension because we have all this unchecked, imbalanced inventions, creations, you know, yeah. everything that we, no one said, oh, what is this do to humanity? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we should be saying, you know, what, do, what is it doing? Okay. And then right. it's right. collective potential of all of this. Yeah. So, uh, so we need to just do everything to educate people, educate our fellow men, empower them and come up with reasonable solutions that people can live, which you can, it's just not that difficult. Yeah. I, I know because yeah. I, I do it in my own life. Yeah. And I, you know, honestly, something I've been sharing about recently is that I was trying to get pregnant for a long time and I was working with a doctor and she told me AirPods are not hurting you. Your Wi-Fi is not hurting you. Your cell phone's not hurting you. That's stupid. And until I eliminated the AirPods, until I got the kill switch, until I got, you know, rid of all these things, started mitigating my environment, there was no pregnancy. I couldn't get pregnant. And once I eliminated those things, right. Changed my lifestyle and it did take some effort, but now it's just kind of like second nature. Right. Right. And I was, it made a huge difference in my fertility, you know? And so I'm anyone who kind of brushes these things off, brushes them to the side and says, it does not affect our health. I feel that they really are not in touch with, with what, what science there is actually science out there that shows how it negatively affects our health, as you said. And I do think it, it is contributing to cancer rates as well. I mean, infertility, cancer, all these things are metabolic issues, you know, and, and their health issues that a lot of people are, are dealing with on a daily basis. Right. Well, and when you add up all the different negative influences. That's what it is. I tell people it's never one thing. It's many things that are influencing the masterful miracle that you get to live in every day, but you got to work at keeping it a miracle. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's one thing at a time, you know, for me, I'd been eating from a local farm and I understand the food thing. I had been doing that for years before I started, but then it was like, okay, well, that's not enough. I have to eliminate all the personal care products and the plastics and those. Okay. And then I had to go that step further and start mitigating the, the EMF, you know? And so you're right. It's not just the one thing. I don't think there's like a magic bullet. I think we have to look at our, our, like you said, your life, how do you live? You know, that's one thing that you, it sounds like you discuss with your patients is, let's talk about a 24 hour day for you. Like, what does that look like? Am I, am I right in that? That's correct. That's correct. I, when I, when I have a cancer patient, I ask them, obviously I get into what's going on and how to came. I always like to know how things come about because you learn a lot about what's going on with the patient just by understanding how this occurred and then they're usually always scared because the doctor says, oh, no, we got to do this immediately right now. And the, it doesn't allow the patient to digest and process and say, OK, because the cancer started about 10 years ago. Yeah. So so it didn't just happen today. You just didn't wake up with yeah. cancer. So patients are very, very overwhelmed and daunted just by their diagnosis. So they don't even have time to kind of process it. 
So I help them, you know, so they come to me because they don't want to be scared and they want to understand everything. And so anyway, I, then I ask them, okay, so let, tell me about your sleep. Tell me about water. Tell me about eating. Tell me how much you move. Tell me about what's your stress been for the last 10 years. And then you, you get understanding. And then we, we slowly, I always tell patients, it takes about a year from the time that you come to see me to learn how to re, you know, re revolutionize your life. Okay. And learn, you know, this is a lot to learn. You can't just like be told the patient needs to take, you know, charge and say, look, I need to educate myself. So I give them proper direction. Plus we have a cancer conversation every other Wednesday. Uh, people get on Zoom and they're able to learn in bites. And then we repeat the information so they understand. And that has really, really helped patients um, understand. I mean, they like, oh, and then if it's not one conversation, the next, maybe it's the 10th one, they go, oh, now I see and mm -hmm. understand. So that has really helped people understand. I said, I tell people any disease process, whether it's dementia, whether it's cancer, whether it's blood pressure issues, sugar issues, it's not just pop a pill and everything's fine. It's the why, where, when, and how this disease process started and unraveling that process. You can't change the condition of a patient until you address the terrain and the unwell garden that the disease mm -hmm. came in. And so this is, you know, medicine is very reactive and no, this is the way we do it. And this is how we do it. And this is what the books say. Okay. That's all well and good when it's an emergency, but how do we take care of chronic conditions? How do we make the patient better from the time they come in till the next time we see them? How did we make them better? And so whatever the condition, because I, tr I treat everything from human optimization to stage four cancer, because the approach is similar, then there's very specific direct things that I would do with a dementia patient as opposed to a cancer patient. But there is some commonality, right? Like we're all humans, we have head, two eyes, nose, heart, liver, lung, blah, blah, blah. But what are the influencers in each patient? What are the predispositions? What is the DNA, maybe weaknesses that we need to address and so forth? And so, you know, medicine is what surgery do you need? What drug do you need? Now, you might need surgery, okay? You might need medicine as a bridge to get you to the other side, okay? Like when I have patients that come in with cancer, I go, you may, you may need the chemotherapy to shrink the tumor burden. We can do low dose fractionated chemo. We can do regular dose. We'll decide together. You might need surgery to you know, remove the lump once everything has shrunk, but that's a bridge to get to your new transformed healing place, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, so, uh, so patients like to hear that, you know, like I had a young lady that came in um, from Texas and she's 34 with rectal cancer. And I think she told me, oh, we can just get rid of this with, you know, natural medicine. And I said, no, you've really got to do the chemo, but what I'm going to tell you to do so you can handle chemo. So you can be correcting things because chemotherapy 
affects every, every single organ yeah. and system in the body. But here's what you're going to do to preserve yourself and take care of yourself and keep yourself vital while you go through the process. And that's going to get us to, like I said, the other side when you have a CT scan with hopeful evidence of no evidence of disease on the scan. And then, you know, the work continues. So, you know, people, you can't just do, people can't think just a surgery and a chemo and a radiation is what is going to get rid of the disease. We have to change the 10 year condition of the body in all levels. And that takes, you know, one to two years, depending on what the landscape of the patient is to begin with. And so that's why prevention, early detection for all diseases is paramount in our medical paradigm. It's changing, but it's changing too slowly. We're like about 20 years behind. Now, I know there are practitioners doing this. There's health coaches doing it. You're doing it in your way. But, you know, and that's becoming now more, you know, accepted. I mean, Cleveland Clinic has, a, you know, one of the largest, you know, hospital systems. I mean, I think they have 100,000 employees. They have a whole preventive wellness uh, situation there. There's many other universities integrating integrative medicine into their program. But we're, like I said, we're about 20 years behind. So everything is possible. We just got to keep pushing this information out. We need to educate people. We need to inform people. And like you said, people are skeptical or denial because they go to their doctor, like my patients tell me all the time yeah. that the doctor says, oh, what you eat doesn't matter. Just drink milkshakes, whatever you want to eat. And you're like, now that cannot really? There is no book on food that says go eat Oreo cookies and milkshakes. Okay. Right. I said, there is no book. I don't care if the book is healthy or not. No book talks like that. So find so me the book and I want to see it. Okay. But there's no book on food and how to cook and everything that says that. So, no. so um, we, we, we can't, and that's, what's bothersome to the patient. It's like, there's like, how can this be? We're living in 2022. I mean, right. Information is written in just magazines written everywhere. Right. And right. so, so this information is there. And so, we need to, um, you know, listen to the patient and the doctor. Like I was interviewing a doctor to come and join me. And she said, her husband is on the, you know, works in conventional medicine. And, you know, he's like, he knows differently, but he's stuck in the system. Mm. Well, that's not, that's not good. Right. Mm-mm. When you know, you know, if you have the privilege to know, we have a duty to inform, right? Yes. But yes. the medical system, the way it's set up now, you have five, seven minutes. How are you going to talk to people? Because right. all your, you got to just do the, you know, the standard of care and filling in, right? Filling in the electronic medical record, which is what they want now. And so they, they don't have time, the energy, the stamina to do it. Yep. Exactly. They really and, don't. And so, but, you know, people now that you can do this in group classes to save and conserve money, people can take charge by listening to so many different, there's so many summits and health 
and podcast on this information. And if many people are saying the same thing, there must be, there probably is a little validity to it. Exactly. So, so anyway, um, it, it's going to change because we have too many sick people. That's the problem is I tell people, U.S. ranks 43rd in the world in healthcare. We spend two and a half times more than any other country in the world. And there's 10 prescriptions written per man, woman, and child. And the health of humanity is not good overall. Mm-mm. All right. Mm-mm. Very few people are healthy today. And so um, we have to be saying, how can this be okay? How can this be? Yeah. How can this be? You know, how can we just look the other way and say it's not happening? How do we do that? I you know, agree. we cannot do that. We are not respecting our fellow man when we do that. And so, uh, you know, um, I, I'm doing it my way. You're doing it. There are many people trying to do this and help people. So it's a, it's, there's very good things going on too. I agree. Well, I know that you have a busy day of patience ahead of you, but I wanted to ask you one more little question before we wrap. Um, for my viewers, what are some screening tests? Because you, you've been talking about how cancer is this kind of 10-year process. What are some things that someone would want to maybe go out today if they were worried about their health that could maybe clue them in? Maybe cancer is something that's in my future, metabolic issues are in my future. What, what kind of tests would you recommend that they would they get? All right. So a couple of things. Um, I talk about all this in my book, Cancer Revolution. So people can use that as the broad scope of information. The cancer conversation, like I said, every other Wednesday. And if you miss it, we send it out for you to listen to. So because we iterate, iterate things all the time. But I will give you an example of a patient that just came to see me. She's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. And she heard about me somewhere. She ordered, she doesn't live here. She lives in another state. She ordered a blood test called the cancer profile. And the cancer profile is um, measuring quantitative HCG, PHI, which is the enzyme of low oxygen in your body, DHEA sulfate, which is the hormone of stress, immune, and longevity, your TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone to see if your thyroid's low, CEA, which is the marker for a non-specific marker for many cancers, and GGT, which is the most specific uh, um, enzyme for your liver. So that tells you, okay, maybe something going on. Well, interestingly enough, she did that test. And then she ordered, because she's 37, she ordered her own thermogram. The thermogram, which is a thermography of her breast, And she got that and there was something a little abnormal. She went to her doctor and they ordered imaging, including an MRI. And they said, hmm, we don't really know. Doesn't show, let's just repeat it in six months. Well, she came to see me and then I ordered the rest of the tests she need, which would be C-reactive protein. It's a non-specific marker for inflammation. Doctors do not do it because there's not a medication. So CRP is a the red light on your dashboard that says spire in the body. We've yeah. got to do something. So CRP should be less than one, about 0.5. 
I have patients do a hemoglobin A1C, which is a reflection of your sugar over 90 days. It's also a reflection of aging. They call it glycation, which is folding, misfolding of protein. So you're, I call it the internal wrinkles of the body. And then vitamin D uh, would mm -hmm. be very, very helpful. So those three can be done by any lab easily. They're very inexpensive to do. And they tell you a lot. Now, a lot of times I always, I always add DHEA sulfate um, to my, all of my patients. Uh, but again, these are very easy tests to do. Now, the other task that I like to do that I've been doing for about 23 years is called the acupuncture meridian assessment. You have acupuncture points in your fingers and toes that correspond to every organ in your body. Energy precedes action. So before you get diagnosed, a lot of things took place, right? So that energetic imbalances tells me, okay, this is what we need to work on. The blood test does not tell me, a scan does not tell me that. Mm -hmm. So energy is, is, you know, frequency medicine, energy medicine is becoming, it's not new, but it, the, the, the validity and use of it is coming more into play. So again, you cannot use one thing to figure out everything, right? right? So you use, and these are not expensive tests. Mm -hmm. Now, the other test that is very beneficial is called the liquid biopsy. It's done by a lab called RGCC, which is in Greece and Switzerland. And it tells us if you have circulating tumor cell, the accuracy is about 85, 86%. And so that will tell us if circulating tumor cells are around in your body. So those are... For some people, for, you know, some science says that's the initiator for cancer. So um, I always tell people circulating tumor cells are responsible for 95% of metastasis. So you'd want to know that anyway, no matter if you have cancer or you don't have cancer. So it tells you like it shows renal, sarcoma, melanoma, breast, and prostate. And then it will tell me the type of cell it is. And I will use the best guesstimate of where it's related. Now there's a new blood test called gallery, but the gallery test is what I find it's helpful once you have been diagnosed uh -huh. and it's something you can follow. So I, I find that the RGCC so far, I have no affiliation with the lab is probably the best lab that I've used worldwide. Okay. And so, you know, cause I used, I like to use all these tests to see you know, the validity and what I'm getting, because my job is to get the best information for the patient. Yes. And so, so these are things that can be done really very economically. And, um, and it will change, you know, it will change the course of your life. And I always tell people an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I mean, I know humans nature, human nature is I'm okay. I don't want to know there's nothing wrong with me. I feel great. Well, all my cancer patients pretty much felt fine the day before they were diagnosed with cancer. So, cause I always talk to them. I talk to them. How did this come about? Did you find a lump? Did you this? But I always tell people, a lot of patients felt great. I had a young lady that last night, she is from Idaho, 36 years old, three children, runs a very good life. I mean, her health life is unbelievable. Okay. 
So I'm so I was so, I'm so impressed with how she lives and how she takes care of her kids and everything. And I'm like, wow, how did this happen? And since the beginning of the year, I have seen an unbelievable increase in young people coming to see me. When I say young, 25 to 40. So I'm like, wait, what is going on? You know, we don't see statistics till later. I'm in the trenches five days a week. So I see what I'm seeing. And I've been doing this for 36 years. So I'm like, oh, whoa, what is going on that there's an outrageous increase in young people coming to see me. So, you know, again, I, I want people to know what I know, number one. Number two, I want people to know that they need to be focused on self-care. Self-care is the new healthcare. And, and then go and partner with an integrative functional person who knows and can figure out and verify. Don't be guessing with your health. Test and absolutely know. I love it. Well, I am just so grateful for you coming on and talking with my audience and myself today. This has just been so much helpful, wonderful, practical information. Where could people find you if they wanted to work with you or, or just follow your work? Right. Well, the best place is on Instagram because that's the uh, day, you know, daily feeding of information and reinforcement. You know, we all need reinforcement, right? So Instagram, KeneliMD. And then they can go to Cancer Center for Healing and sign up for the cancer conversation because they're going to get the latest, greatest information on anything and everything. Obviously, we don't present everything in every conversation because we need to highlight a topic. But I know from my patients, they are loving it and they send it to their friends and family to listen to because we talk about the nitty gritty of the body, not just cancer. But any disease process, because any disease process, we've got to look at the entire panoramic view of a human. And um, so and then they can read the book Cancer Revolution on Audible or read it um, and then just stay stay in communication with us. So wonderful. Well, I'm going to make sure I link all that information in the show notes below as well. So they'll access it very easily. And uh Thank you again for coming and talking with me today. Well, thank you for having me. And I love to be a part of your journey. Oh, wonderful. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode with Dr. Connolly. So much great information in this episode. Again, if you enjoyed it, please do share it with a friend or family member that needs to hear it and go on over to Apple or Spotify. Leave me up to that five-star review. Again, it will help to get this podcast out to more viewers, more people, more listeners. And I want to keep spreading this information as much as humanly possible. And again, you can check out all of her links down in the show notes if you want to follow her, get her books, participate in her cancer calls weekly. Such a great resource. And I want to thank again quickly the sponsors of today's episode. Optimal Carnivore is my source for getting organ meats when I just don't feel like eating them. Use the code carnivore uppercase Y to save 10% on any of their products over on Amazon. That link will be down in the show notes for you and upgraded formulas. My go-to for measuring my minerals to know, do I have a mineral imbalance? 
Am I spending unnecessary money on supplements? This is just a great way to check this from the comfort of your own home with a hair tissue mineral analysis with a consultation. And by the way, they have really, really great magnesium. So make sure to check them out. Use my code YOGI12 or YOGI to save on anything at the Upgraded Formulas website. Thank you again so much for listening to today's episode, especially if you made it this far. I really, truly appreciate you and can't wait to talk to you again very soon. Have a wonderful day.